this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast i'm anand krishnan your host for today on monday Prime Minister Narendra Modi marked India's stint as the rotating president of the UN Security Council for the month of August, presiding over an open debate on enhancing maritime security. In this episode, we will be looking at Monday's debate as well as India's broader agenda as a rotating president of the UNSC and what the issues are likely to be in focus. Joining us today is Sridham Lakshman, who's a Hindu's United States correspondent. Thank you so much Sridham for joining the podcast. Thank you Anand pleasure to be here. Sriam if we can begin with Monday's debate that you of course covered uh, the Ministry of External Affairs uh, in a statement said that it was a debate of first it was the first time that an Indian prime minister had chaired an open debate at the UNSC it was also the first time that maritime security was addressed at this forum. what for you uh, was interesting and the main takeaways uh, from monday's debate so as you said on uh, the government of india has highlighted the fact that this is the first time of course the, we should be clear that uh, the un has passed resolutions on uh, maritime security the government's point has been this is the first time that a holistic approach has been taken at the un security council on maritime security um and uh, to throw their weight behind it uh, they actually had uh, you had prime minister modi chairing the initial part of the meeting of the debate and um you know in his remarks he did cover a whole range of issues he mentioned everything from uh, crime on the high seas to uh, disputes maritime disputes uh, maritime trade uh, as well as environmental issues uh, and he actually mentioned everything from sustainable fishing to the dumping of plastics uh, in the ocean so it was really a coming together of all these uh, disparate elements uh, and that set the tone for the debate uh, which had several other very interesting aspects to it and interactions between the various members One of those interactions that you reported about uh, Sriram was the, the United States and Russia and their interventions uh, and which kind of uh, suggests how there are some divisions and how the world looks at the issue of maritime security there was also the China angle where you had Prime Minister Modi mention settling disputes peacefully uh, and I think you had the Chinese representative point out that the UN convention on the law of the sea or UNCLOS uh was uh, was really a, a centerpiece of maritime security which of course the united states was not party to so you had all of these side issues that were happening uh, can you shed some light on that especially with what happened between the us and russia yes so uh, uh just to provide some context for uh the the us comments uh and on russia and china uh you know during his remarks prime minister modi said quote for free maritime trade it is also necessary that we fully respect the rights of the seafarers of other countries unquote and uh, you know this is seen this can be seen as a veiled reference to china in fact uh, mr modi also said quote it was with this understanding and maturity that india resolved its maritime boundary with its neighbor bangladesh 
uh, unquote. So there's a reference to uh, disputes, there's a reference to uh, the neighborhood, uh, and there's a reference to, you know, uh, respect and peacefully resolving issues. And it's not lost on anyone, probably, that this is a veiled reference to China. And as you know, uh, in 2018 at the Shangri-La Dialogue, Mr. Modi made similar comments. He used words, phrases like a common rules-based order for the region. Uh, he, he talked about sovereignty and territorial integrity at that meeting and rules and norms based on the consent of all. So there was an echo of that. Um, and, uh, you know, there were even uh, more thinly veiled uh, or less veiled uh, references to China in the debate. And this comes and we come to Secretary Blinken. Uh, and he actually mentioned uh, uh, China. He mentioned Russia. He also mentioned Iran in terms of, uh, you know, crimes and maritime disputes. Um, in terms of Russia, he talked about the uh, Kerch Strait, the Black Sea, the Sea of Azov, and he said, we see continued aggressive actions against Ukraine with dangerous incursions on the area and in the air um, and the harassment of vessels which are disrupting commerce and energy access. Um, so uh, that was a reference to Russia. He also talked about China, by the way, and he wanted to dispel the notion that um, something going on in the South China Sea is only the business of those who exist in the South China Sea. His idea was that if there's a violation, and I'm paraphrasing here, if there's a violation somewhere in the world, it affects everybody else. Um, uh, and it's not only the business of every state to get involved, it's the responsibility of every state to get involved. This was uh, Blinken's view. And, you know, in your question, you'd alluded to China. Of course, China responded and said that uh, the UNSC is not the right platform for a discussion on the South China Sea. And, of course, they... Uh, brought up the fact that UNCLOSE hadn't been ratified by the U.S. The U.S. recognizes uh, the convention as customary law, but it's correct. They haven't actually ratified the convention. I suppose, Sriram, you know, this kind of hints at how difficult it is uh, in terms of building consensus on any issue with the UNSC, uh, even on maritime security, it ended up being so divided. But looking more broadly in terms of India's agenda, of course, uh, the NEA is making quite a lot of the fact that India is a rotating president for a month. Uh, it should be said that all of the other 15 members, five permanent and non-permanent, will also be rotating presidents. Uh, regardless of that fact, uh, Sriram, what are some of the other issues on the agenda for the month of August? Uh, we have read that peacekeeping and terrorism are going to be two things that India will be looking to flag. Absolutely, Anand. I, I just want to uh, digress a little bit and... Uh take the liberty of uh, addressing some comments you just made. Indeed, India is just uh, one of several rotating presidents, and it is a non-permanent member of the United Nations Security Council for a two-year period. And its longer-term goal is to become a permanent member. And while it's understandable that there is some excitement and also positioning uh, that is uh, expected and uh, derived from this month-long presidency, uh, there has been uh, some surprise and there have been comments about the level of, uh, you know, almost daily uh, attention that's being drawn to this presidency. Uh, one must keep the larger goal in mind is, uh, is a permanent membership of this council and uh, 
uh, that some argue perhaps uh, is better matched with a greater sense of uh, levity about the situation. Uh, but in terms of what the agenda is for the rest of the month, uh, you're right, it's maritime security, and we've already seen some of that. There's also UN peacekeeping and counterterrorism. These are the three big ticket items India has said it wants to address in August. And uh, on August 18th, I believe uh, there's going to be an open debate on uh, UN peacekeeping. And on August 19th, uh, there is a meeting on threats to international peace and security caused by terrorist acts. So um, as you know, Anand, uh, India is a big contributor to UN peacekeeping efforts. It's uh, contributed more than 200,000 troops over 70 odd years. Uh, it's active in most UN peacekeeping missions at the moment. And one of the issues it's looking at is how can you protect uh, UN peacekeepers? And I think India is hopeful that uh, tool, uh, uh, an app that it's deploying uh, to provide situational awareness uh, and terrain information and the like to uh, peacekeepers uh, will uh, be rolled out eventually, and that's a contribution it wants to make. It has, it, 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 it you know, it's got uh, people uh, in the game uh, right now. There are 850 personnel, for example, uh, assigned uh, to Lebanon. So India's got stakes in this. And then, yeah, counterterror, of course, uh, uh, as you know, India has been a victim of terrorism, and it, it often makes this point. At the UN, uh, India is also interested in looking at the financing of terrorism and specifically also how is financing, uh, how has it been impacted by the pandemic and post pandemic, uh, what is the course of terrorist financing, uh, you know, uh, blockchain, blockchain technology being used for financing. This is an issue India is looking at. Uh, cash couriers is another issue India is looking at. India has also uh, made explicit and implicit references to Pakistan, state sponsors of terror, people providing uh, financing mechanisms for terror, countries providing safe haven uh, for terrorists. These are issues of concern to India, and it's going to use its presidency, but also its membership to the Security Council to highlight these issues. Terrorism and peacekeeping, something we'll keep an eye on uh, this month. Uh, one other issue, Sriram, I wanted to get your thoughts on is Afghanistan. Uh, obviously, in terms of timing and India uh, being rotating president this month uh, coincides with so much attention on the Afghan issue. There was a meeting at the UNSC uh, recently, where you had Afghanistan even uh, explicitly accuse Pakistan of destabilizing the situation. You had the Pakistanis respond by saying they were kept out of the meeting. Uh, is India in a position to shape the discussion as far as Afghanistan is concerned at the UNSC? Or given the way things are going on the ground, in your view, uh, do you think that the UNSC is likely to only be a peripheral player uh, in terms of how things unfold there in the next few weeks? So to answer your question, is India in a position to shape discussions at the UNSC? Absolutely, yes. We have already seen that happen. Uh, I, I don't believe Afghanistan was on the agenda that was adopted when the month opened. But as you know, within the end of the first week itself, uh, there was a meeting of the UNSC on uh, Afghanistan. So right there, you see this shaping of the agenda. Also, you will probably know that on 3rd August, uh, the Security Council released a statement on Afghanistan, and uh, 
you know, that was in response uh, primarily to the attack on the United Nations uh, compounds in Herat on July 30th. Uh, Afghanistan, um, uh, the UNSC uh, expressed concern for the violations, human rights violations in Afghanistan. Um, it, interestingly, it also called, the statement called for all parties and said that all parties must respect their obligations under international humanitarian law, but it also called on um, the Taliban to engage meaningfully in an inclusive Afghan-led and Afghan-owned peace process. And um, I'm, I'm looking at the statement here. It says the members of the Security Council um, uh, basically reaffirmed that there is no military solution to the conflict and declared that they do not support the restoration of the Islamic Emirate. Now, going to the second part of your question, Anand, um, is this actually going to affect the outcomes beyond the agenda in the uh, uh, UNSC? Well, what will affect the outcomes is a change in the strategies and the negotiating positions of the negotiating parties. And it's interesting we're having this uh, meeting today, which is the 11th of August, Wednesday. We're doing this recording today when the extended Troika is meeting in Doha. India is not part of that main meeting, as you know, but I'm just, um, I, I, I'm just looking at some news that's just coming out that it's going to be uh, involved in some of the uh, peripheral conversations in Doha. Um, so while India can't be involved in the actual extended Troika meetings or is not involved in those, it can shape the agenda uh, from, from the UNSC. And indirectly, there may be an impact. For example, if it can, through UNSC statements and the UNSC attention on Afghanistan, impact states that have an influence on the Taliban, then that's probably going to have some marginal impact on the actual outcomes in Afghanistan. But as you know, Anand, uh, that's a second order impact. And uh, as things stand until today, at least, the Taliban is showing absolutely no regard for any forms of civility. It is conducting a brutal campaign in uh, Afghanistan. It is capturing more territory. And uh, it is showing absolutely no signs of uh, no signs of uh, 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 commitment to peaceful negotiations. A final question, Sriram. Something that you mentioned uh, earlier in your remarks about India's longer-term agenda of UNSC reforms, expanding the number of permanent countries. You had a very interesting report recently. We linked to below the podcast about how the Biden administration. Uh, has been somewhat non-committal. You, of course, famously had President Obama announce that uh, the U.S. would like to see an expanded uh, U.N. Security Council with India as a permanent member. Uh, we've had all of the P5 barring China uh, in some form in the past say that they backed India's case. Uh, but it was quite interesting to see your report where the Biden administration seems to be stopping short of that. And not only that, they're making it quite clear that uh, perhaps an expansion would mean uh, including members without a veto. So I was just, uh, is it a change in the U.S. stand or are they still fleshing out what their position is likely to be? Uh, and is India's goal still very much something that's uh, very, very uh, far away down the road? So to me, Anand, um, and you've summed it up pretty accurately, to me, it sounds like a change in the U.S. position because, as you said, not just the Obama administration, but also the Trump administration, backed a seat for India as a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council. Not only is the uh, Biden administration humming and hoeing about that, 
because it, it says, you know, there are regional objections uh, to the candidates who want to become permanent members of the Security Council. It's also taken things one step further and saying, should there be an expansion of the Security Council? Uh, it doesn't want any change in the current uh, uh, situation of the veto, which means right there it has ruled out uh, India as a veto-wielding member of the Security Council, even if it eventually comes around to supporting India as a permanent member. So uh, to me, that is absolutely uh, indicative of a change in the U.S. position. Uh, and uh, it's uh, anybody's guess how this is going to involve, evolve in the future. And, uh, uh, you know, much depends on what happens in India in terms of the next elections. What happens in the U.S.? Are we going to see a return to some form of Trumpism uh, after the next general elections? So it's hard to take a medium to long term view on how this position will evolve. Fascinating stuff. Thank you so much, Sriram, for joining the podcast. We will keep coming back to you on developments regarding India and the UN. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much, Anand. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.